0: so i'm just sitting there with my daughters and i'm like like just all choked up i'm actually crying and they're like they're like oh that's, that's so and first of all it's just lovely to have daughters they're so nice it's so nice to me they're like oh it's so, like look at this so cute dad's dad's crying like what like what, what what is it and just from the deep recesses of my mind for no reason at all i just say oh it's where you want to be but I guess I'm already there (laughs) and it just like just broke me like I'm just (laughs) sobbing because the book is about this story and that song somehow so perfectly captures this moment where it's like the place you live with the people you love is your home but it takes a while for you to recognize that 50
1: years of music with 50 year old white guys day. Welcome to 1984.
2: Uh, Jeff Simons, you look like you're outside in sunny Berkeley, California. I'm sitting in my glorious driveway on a glorious Sunday, early, late morning, early afternoon. Um, I'm not out here just because I'm a nature lover. I have Uh just cleaned out my garage and I'm guarding a giant pile of trash until I get it into the... You uh,
1: actually think people will come along and start picking through your
2: People have already like walked by and looked up the driveway in gleeful anticipation of me leaving so they could start going through it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well,
0: there you go. Ben Barton, how is uh, Knoxville, Tennessee today? Today is a beautiful, gorgeous day. The Vols won again yesterday, but I'm sad to report Uh I spent the entire weekend writing these memos that I do for midterms. So it's been a miserable, Uh miserable weekend for me.
1: Um. That's well, where I'm
0: at. So That's is my mid- headspace coming in.
1: <laughs> you gave a midterm exam. And, yeah. And now you have to process that for the students.
0: Yeah. In between then and now, I did like in defense of uh, why I'm behind, I did go uh-huh. visit Jeff. So that was super. That's fun. Right. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um,
0: but then we I'm on the dean search committee and we did 19 45 minute Zoom interviews in wow. two days. Oh wow. my
2: god. It what? was just that's...
0: like being beaten with a stick.
2: I can't and then even believe I, that's I a I finished that up, statement. and then I
0: had to do all the grading. So I'm I'm at my wits' end.
1: Nineteen. Sure. I can't yes. we get it
0: down to ten before the Zoom interviews. The good news is we had a lot of good applicants. The bad okay. news is we did 19 interviews in two days. And okay. I was like got pretty punchy by the end, as you can imagine.
2: I bet. Oh man, yeah. You must were you just like were you just like cracking jokes by guy number 17? Like- oh dude, it's a much
0: longer story <laughs> about what happened to poor guy number 18. But it's a 45-minute interview. He he blew through all the questions. He's basically we're leaving five minutes at the end. And my my part is to say if you have any questions, tell us now. He blows through all the questions in 25 minutes. So then there's another 20 minutes left in the interview. So I'm like, you have any questions for us? And he, out of nowhere, he asked an amazing question. Here's this oh, question, are you ready? He's like, I wanna learn about your decision-making process. And I wanna learn about the nature of the faculty. Tell me how you all make decisions. Tell me a story of when it worked well and a story of when it didn't work well. I was like, that's a deep, insightful yeah, question. that's good stuff. And I was like, we've got 20 minutes. And there was a long pause. I let my colleagues have a shot at it. Uh-huh. So then I just launched into a 15 minute broadside on a time where it didn't work out, and I was still mad about it.
2: It was well oh done god. by me. Oh my god! Wow,
0: and it's
1: so fantastic. You hit the, you hit right up to the mark. That is terrific. Ah, oh, wow. Um, well, it's it's uh, beautiful in Asheville, North Carolina. Look.
0: Oh, Timmy's still in
2: the basement. Still in the dank Asheville basement. The The dank. haven't gotten out this morning, though. Tim and I talked earlier this morning when he was taking uh, one of the many uh, Hughes plane progeny to Driver's Ed. Driver's Ed today. Rock on. Fun Um, city. Ben,
1: you'll love the uh, driver instructor told Patrick to just go ahead and get on the highway, and they drove to Tennessee. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) His second time in a car.
2: He's on the highway. Dude,
0: Why that did... stretch of 40 is yeah. a little bit scary.
2: It's a little scary. He had trucks blasting him. him. Did he blast Rocky Top at full volume on the, I, on the I radio don't, I at don't the same think time? He did. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: but well, let's get going. We've got a beautiful Sunday afternoon here, uh, but we have to get our minds wrapped around 1984 when uh, I was starting high school and you guys were sophomores, right?
2: Yep sophomore year 84 85 end of freshman year beginning of sophomore year
1: well we already know what the best-selling album is of 1984 it is of course thriller by michael jackson uh oh you know what i'm sorry we start with the grammy winner um yeah jeff simons off the top rope with one of the most passionate love songs uh i remember from my youth it's the grammy winner
2: can't slow down by lionel richie (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh. And this hurts my feelings
1: I've
2: been alone with you Inside my mind Super creepy <laughs> And in my dreams I've kissed your lips A thousand times the That made me start having you <laughs> A caterpillar arrived? What is going on? <laughs> It's outside my door. Here it comes. Hang in there. Hello. Is it me you looking for? Oh, dear. Okay. I can see it in your eyes. Wow. Don't worry. There's only four minutes and 58 <laughs> seconds left of that song. Is it that long? Yeah, it's a long one. <laughs>
1: Can't slow down with a song like that. Because if you got
2: yeah. any slower, <laughs> yeah misnamed record oh i can slow down a plenty this, this to me is really it's like exhibit
0: one a of the production sound of this time as yeah. an adele-like piano ballad this song's okay it's not great but it's fine you know what i mean yep I, yeah but it's the production just <laughs> makes it so hideous i mean
1: you're the out on the caterpillar. keyboard
0: side and then the weird noises that come along with it it's just it brutal, is
2: brutal brutal fits with the um the very artsy video
0: yeah worst video ever
2: made worst uh what is his name henry brown the guy who wrote for Grantland and for uh uh-huh. remember yeah remember brown yeah wrote wrote the has written the definitive essay on this video but it oh, was really? already exhibit a for toxic masculinity and everything you can do wrong as a male authority figure. I mean, it's just so yeah, unacceptable. Yeah, because Lino Richie's is the teacher. Is he? Yeah, no, he's the teacher, and she's the student, and oh. she's blind, and she uh, makes a bust of his face out of clay from feeling his face. <laughs> the best point though is like he's silently watching her, like yeah. sculpt. His face into clay, and when he gets to hello, he grabs her hands and screams hello. And she doesn't, she doesn't do what she would do in real life, which is flinch and go, Jesus Christ! It's that a... makes me that made me laugh when I was twelve watching this. It's a
0: bad look. It really. First is. of all, Jeff, it's obvious that she smelled him coming. You know what I mean? She yeah, knew where he yeah. was.
2: Her other senses are very heightened.
0: All right. Ah! Welcome to 50
1: Years of Music with 50-year-old white guys, part of the Drive-In Podcast Network. So go to musiccitydrivein.com for all your podcasting needs. Guys, there's a new podcast in the family, in the Drive-In Podcast family. Yeah, you I heard
2: it? what do, what do you know? What do you what can you tell us? I saw that announcement.
1: It, it's it's the only professional wrestling podcast I know of. I'm sure there are others, but now we got one in the uh in the stable. That is great. So I'm sure they're going to do a a special on Jimmy Superfly Snuka.
2: Well, our boy Ricky would know. You know, he That's would right. be the expert I would trust. The former wrestler himself, he's going to know who to pick for that podcast. That's, That's awesome. right. Um,
1: all right, let's move on to 1984 proper. So, what do you think of this big brother government, huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that was a great joke i really like that that really that took a second for me go oceania <laughs> sorry wrong i got my notes jumbled here how much does it bum you guys out that that 1984 and animal farm are now like poisonous texts that you can't discuss in politics because everyone claims them for their own and it's like a system it of it's, it's just yeah. breaks my heart they both they you know, both claim them you know, so Everybody claims them and yeah. in, 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 in really bad, sad ways. It just doesn't yeah. work out for me at all.
2: <laughs> you know what's interesting about, though? I read this, I don't remember who wrote it. Somebody in the New Yorker wrote, um, I think it was in, maybe in 2004, he, they were writing about, you know, every, every 04, they bring 1984 up and like, are we there yet? But he wrote this fantastic piece that, and you guys probably already put this together, but Orwell's big blind spot is he thought capitalism had no chance. Like, he didn't pay any attention to America. He didn't pay any attention to capitalism as a potential organizing principle for society. He was like, well, that'll last like a year. It's either totalitarianism or, you know, I mean, it, it, and when I reread 1984 through that lens of, of giving capitalism no stake or no thought, it's really problematic. Like, it's huh. it's hilarious. As you get to some of these moments, you're, you're like, well, you know what? A free market really would have prevented that. And so I, I, I am... Uh, huh. I'm less sad that 1984 has uh, become antiquated. I do think animal farm is a uh, a remarkable little novella, you know, and I'm sad that you can't really teach that anymore, but I teach it, uh, but it's called Charlotte's (laughs) web. It's all right. Oh my God. No, (laughs) I teach my version. It's called Sean, the sheep. Every time I watch (laughs) Sean, the sheep with my daughters, I imagine a moment where they like, put him in a van and take yeah. him to the glue factory and everything <laughs> goes really dark, really fast. You know,
1: uh, that would be awesome.
2: <laughs> so in 1984,
1: uh, the best picture is what? What wins the Oscar for best picture? Is this the Reds oh. here?
2: It is no, not. It's earlier than that. Is it the last emperor's year? It is terms of endearment. Oh, okay. good one i don't know if you
1: guys are going to get this right away it took me a second who was the host of the oscars in 1984
2: i have no idea
0: like zero idea ben i mean is it still like in the bob hope era or where are we johnny
1: carson who was an excellent excellent host of the oscars um the ted conference is founded ideas worth spreading all the way back in 1984 which i did not that know right. the first ted talk um, if you could give a ted talk like legitimately don't be funny but in your heart of hearts <laughs> if you could funny. get out there and give a ted talk
2: what would you go with what would be your ted talk this is my ted talk this is my <laughs> weekly ted talk this is probably the only information i have of Just value take Take what I said about REM and just boom, there
0: you go. I've got a really, really tight, well-constructed 12 minutes on my bowels. And I think that that's what I would focus on. (laughs) (laughs) I've done a longitudinal study and I've got a lot of wisdom to share. How about you, Tim? And you said bowels, did you? Yeah. Bowels. Um,
1: Well, now I don't have a funny answer. I was going to go serious. You can go serious, brother. Thank you. I'd like to do a TED Talk um, talking about Mark Twain's construction of Adventures of Huckleberry Finn uh, along with Winslow Homer's uh, painting career. Bring those two things together. Right? Because then you got art images, so it's not just people looking at me. They don't want that. I like it. All right. All right. I will... (laughs) I will tweet at the TED people and
2: see what they. bit <laughs> like vowels. Whoa, say more. Um, ben Ben has slides and video for that too. It's just of a totally different nature. <laughs> so, uh, the uh,
1: the video game Tetris debuts in 1984. Have any of you spent any time playing Tetris?
2: Oh, there was a Tetris game, like the video game Tetris, was in yeah. the um basement lounge at Haberford and there was always like a free night every couple of months where they turned all the machines to free wow and I definitely tore the Tet. I mean I'm not good like as soon as it got even remotely fast it was like boink 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 boink, boink, boink done but it uh, ends quickly I imagine Ben was probably pretty good at it no no, no. India can canon
0: oh is the Tetris champ for is that right sure yeah the, whatever the Tetris that came free with the computer on there was yeah. like a a nine-month period where she went into a little bit of a sinkhole there that <laughs> kind, of, kind of had to be dragged out <sighs> but that's great
1: because when you think about public policy and how all it's the all just fitting it together to be to well you got yeah huh. um, i used to I used to play it at my brother-in-law's house but I knew it was becoming addictive so I'd be like okay I'll just play one more song and then I'll stop and I would always choose um traffic's the low spark of high-heeled boys
2: 12 minutes <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> Did you guys ever play Klax, the like three dimensional Tetris, where the, they come flipping down and you have to put them into, into uh, columns at the bottom? Oh, that that game terrible. broke my brain. I yeah. was so bad at it.
1: Um, yeah, that sounds rough.
2: KLAX, I think it was called. They All had right. It, they had it at
1: we usually at this point go to the best selling album of the year, but we already know that is Thriller. However, I'm really interested in what Ben's going to say about this. For the albums that were actually released in 84, debuted in 1984, what is the greatest selling album that comes out of that
0: particular year? I was really firm on my pick this year, so I didn't need to do any research at all. I I just can't, I have no clue. Okay. Did Haylen's 1984 come out this year? It's not that.
2: Yeah, it's not that. Uh, I'll give it, the hint is it's a compilation record.
0: Is it a soundtrack? Just tell me. Not a soundtrack. Well, great, the
2: greatest hits.
0: It's uh,
1: so it's not "Born in the USA" by Bruce. It's not "Purple Rain" by Prince. It's not uh, Madonna. Which one? Which Madonna came out, Jeff? "Like a Virgin." Nile Rodgers' ascendance to greatness. Nor is it last week. Footloose, which is one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. It's the greatest
2: Uh, sell. It's the second greatest selling greatest hits record of all time behind the eagles is it wow all right just give them give them some notes jeff uh it's a record where you know every song to the <laughs> point where you never want to hear any of the songs again even though they're outstanding and it's the Wait, one <laughs> of the two I cassettes. Give notes like play a song it's, no no i have I, it's also one of the two cassettes everyone came to college with that they bought in high school because they were supposed to that's actually true yeah
0: is it legend yeah it is
2: legend that is correct
0: very good that's the second best-selling greatest hits record of all time that is freaking
2: insane there are moments when it's in the. it's one of the all-time i mean it's in the top three of all time it sells worldwide brand it's gonna eventually be number one like it's just it's selling at a rate that's astonishing compared to all of its competitors so within Brilliant. a matter of like five years, it'll be the best selling record in the history of planet Earth. Now, this is going to be awkward. Was that actually your pick for this year,
0: Ben? <laughs> yeah, nice try.
1: <laughs> All right. Also in 1984, Jeopardy begins. Who was the original host of the Jeopardy game show? It was Alex Trebek. I don't I don't know why. What I'm are asking. you doing? <laughs> That was great, Timmy. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. That's just mean. Uh, Who is Vanessa- Alex Trebek? Vanessa Williams resigns <laughs> as Miss America.
2: Boy, uh, that's hard to imagine that that scandal was enough to lose Miss America. What would you have to do now to, to uh, lose your Miss America crown? Like, what video footage would they have to have?
1: Yeah, you you'd dead? have to do more than that, right?
2: Oh, yes. Yes, because, you
1: would. Because what she did... Um, was nothing that melania trump didn't do and she became first lady
0: indeed uncalled for Timmy. that was a <laughs> shot across the bow of our, our good slovenian friend melania <laughs> true. it was it's, it's just true that was
1: it artsy nudes that's you know a little risque at times Ar- artsy nudes <laughs> it's actually the the title of my all autobiography. No. Right. Of all my, um, that should be your TED
2: Talk. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, Tim, Plain, Tim Plain's world of artsy nudes. <laughs> so, uh, Ben Barton,
1: Nina, our, our Twitter follow. Yeah. She is just awesome. She's she's well behind in the podcast listening. but She's going to catch up and she wants to guest. So get ready. Strap well, in, boys. We're going to have some Nina on here. I'm a little... I'm a little nervous about this because she's begun. She's a
0: spicy one.
1: She's She's... begun giving me topics to slip in and they're good, which really makes me sad. So it's like topic for the host to slip in when, why, and how to covers exceed the original and like all of her suggestions that she keeps coming up with uh, overshadow, you know, my 1984 joke.
0: (laughs) So I'm a little,
1: (laughs) a little, what is it? Are
2: you worried that you're going to be replaced? I Are we going to boot worried. you and it's going to be Nina? Off the top of your head, what's, what's a cover that uh, does the original? Go. Janis Joplin. Which Janis Joplin? Me and Bobby McGee. Me and Bobby McGee better than Chris Christopherson. Ben? Yes.
0: That is hard. Let me think for a second.
2: Uh, Aretha Franklin, respect. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And then uh, All Along the Watchtower, Hendrix over Overdillon. Oh, that's a great yeah. one.
0: Yeah. I have a there one that, that you guys should just disagree with, so that'll make yep. you happy.
2: Hit it. I prefer the
0: Stones Ain't Too Proud to Beg. The Is 1974 that right? be Stones cover of a Too Proud to Beg. Huh. I just freaking love that version of it. So good. <laughs> Interesting.
2: I don't know uh, if I can say that.
0: No, I know. I, that was a spicy one. Uh original that uh, uh sorry, a cover that woefully failed. Uh this is not one that woefully failed, but I was thinking about this because of the Stevie Ray Von stuff from last week. Uh-huh. So Stevie Ray Von does a cover of Superstitious.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's
0: a pretty good cover. It's not terrible. Jeff, have you seen the video of Stevie Ravon and Stevie Wonder and the members of Salt and Peppa and <laughs> one other random woman? Doing oh, no, superstitious.
2: Wow. No, I have not. You
0: won't believe it. I've got to recommend it. It's amazing. <laughs> so it starts out, and Stevie's doing the, the keyboard part on the guitar, and you're like, this could be good. And then okay. Stevie starts singing, and you're like, well, this is weird. Why would you let Stevie Ray Vaughn sing when Stevie Wonder is next to him? But that strikes me as bad management. But you're okay. like, okay, whatever then stevie wonder takes a turn and you're like okay this this is fine it's a really 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 bad poppy cheesy version of it um and then they start letting the salt and pepper people and other people take verses you're like what is going on and then every once in a while they'll pan back out and Stevie very is like i don't even know what's happening i have no idea why i'm here is there a bag of money somewhere what am i doing here
2: how did this happen um I would, you know, wow. I don't remember the name of the band. Does anybody remember the name of the horrible '90s new metal band that covered "Smooth Criminal" by Michael Jackson? Oh,
1: uh, Ant Farm, Alien Ant Farm, Alien, Alien Ant Farm. Ant Farm. That, yep, that, I dum think dum that's it. I really thought. Yeah, that good sucked. for them for covering it. Though. I disagree. That's... I like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. I'm happy for them.
2: I thought that sucked. So, All right.
1: Go. Well, let's get on here? to our three albums. <laughs>
2: Are three albums. Jeff Simon's, you go first. All right, I, I am going with my weirdest oh. pick Uh-oh. to date. Uh, the, you, oh guys, you, you guys, oh boy, make... put on the
0: seatbelt, babe. Dude, India, play, everybody, play especially, ben,
2: especially Ben, especially Ben. So, oh, I'm by the way, make...
0: when when you did when you 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 finally chose an REM record, when you chose the first REM record, Andy was like, Well, she doing? And why did you Why did choose that song?" She said, why didn't he choose one of the later records with good songs? And I was like, oh, well, that record's okay. It's got it's got ready for Europe on it. She's like, wait, that was on that record? And he chose that catapult song? I was, <laughs> I was, a, I was
2: on purpose. I, I'm just saying, my- I'm just
0: saying. You well, continue this, to
2: hurt K- Indian Kencanon's feelings. Well, this is going to crush everybody's feelings. Oh, no. Um, so, but this is good. This is actually, I think, the most underrated record of the 80s. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think this record is better than anybody except a very small, weird group of us who have found each other on the internet. It's actually one of those records when I meet other musicians who I respect, I try to slip it into conversation and they almost always go, oh my God, right? For example, huh. I brought this record up on Twitter about six months ago and our wonderful guest, Michael Jorgensen from, uh, from Wilco immediately tweeted me back like, love that record, couldn't agree more. So- Wow. huh? Having said that, uh, Ben's 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 literally going to split in half and start melting when I make the case for this record. It's going to be great. So Ben has already made it clear that '80s keyboards are the worst, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong. They they sound oh so antiquated that Yamaha DX7 sound. Oh, it's is just. I know off. who it is. Yeah, you know who it is. I do. Um, I think I'm
0: getting a glimmer too.
2: And this <laughs> guy, this guy is the probably the the king. Of the 80s keyboard in the sense that his work as a session musician before he even starts a solo career starts the whole thing he's the keyboard player on Foreigner or four he's oh. the guy who programmed all the sounds on urgent and all those things his one song that everybody knows is a classic one hit wonder in fact it might be the classic one hit wonder like bigger it is than, better than 99 red Balloons. I mean, like, there's a lot of great one-hit wonders from they. Better than always something there to remind me. Or Kaja Goo's too shy. Like, yeah, I can, I connected a safety dance.
0: Like, that's another
2: one-hit safety wonder that's dance, right. also fabulous. Anyway, the guy's name is Thomas Dolby, and everybody knows him for "She Blinded Me with Science" from 1983. She blinded um, me. It's a funny video. It's a funny song. It's silly. It's ridiculous. The interesting thing is that if you actually bother to buy the <sighs> record that she blinded me with sciences on, which of course I did. It's called the golden age of wireless. And there's actually three or four sneakily great songs on it, like really well-written songs, really well-sung, really thoughtful lyrics. I will say it's an example of a guy who really understands how to program a Fairlight synthesizer using all the stuff. We just listened to hello and there's that little caterpillar, right? This was the moment where everybody was playing with that toy and trying to come up with weird sounds. Dolby has this one hit, you know, he goes top five, and he so he can do anything he wants with the second record, right? The record company's like, great, hey, make, let's have She blind Me With Science 2, let's ride this gravy train until you're done. But the thing about Thomas Dolby is he's actually a really excellent musician. He's a classically trained piano player. He's a genius uh, Um, engineer like he actually understands all this material and now he's got a big bag of money from the record company and the thing i love about his second record which is what i'm going to choose as the best record of 1984 is rather than chase you know a big hit record he makes the one record he knows he's going to get to make and probably never get to make again he takes all of the short term capital he has with Capitol Records, with his audience, and he makes a cinematic, fascinating, super challenging record called The Flat Earth. Everybody I know who, has, who listens to The Flat Earth three or four times loves it. But I understand why most people haven't, right? Um, the first side is three songs. They're each six minutes long. They're, they have these big, long wow. intros and outros. There's zero attempt here to write a hit single, but they are th- they are all beautiful songs. I'm going to choose the title track to play a minute from, um, and it's an incredible example of Dolby using all of this stuff not as toys, but as interesting backdrops for a absolutely beautifully made record. The Flat Earth, the first three songs, they they're all songs about disengagement right they're about the first song dissidence is about being you know having to go underground to have your point of view the second song the flat earth is about feeling disconnected from from society in general and not knowing what to do with this the kind of sense of of um feeling obsolete in a modern world screen kiss is an old hollywood murder story set in the hollywood hills like these songs are are intentionally uh meant to be lost in um, and Dolby, because he's a great piano player, because he has great taste in other instruments, like the guitar parts in these songs are beautiful and well-played. The bass playing on this record, like the it, on, on all of these first three songs is amazing. Um, and, and this is one of those things where like it was an LP, right? Like I listened to side one over and over and over and over and over. And over. I didn't flip over to side two for like three months when I first bought it, um, and I also, the Flat Earth just happened to capture the guys I was playing in a band with, right? Like my high school band and I, we all fell for this record. We all listened to it all through high school. We were constantly putting it on at parties. Um, and so I know, you know, so our friends got to know it. Like, it's just that it was a big part of my life. I know this record as well as any record in my collection. Every little wow. tiny flip and blurb. That's a
1: bold statement.
2: Yeah, I do. But I mean, I know this, I This is a record that I'm just like, like weirdly familiar with. So I'm going to play you the first verse and chorus of the flat earth. This is actually uh, almost two minutes into the track. The track starts really slowly with this kind of ambient bass. There's no sense of where the beat is. And he starts introducing all these weird sounds that become once the rhythm is established. And once he starts singing, these sounds are all counterpoints to the band's performance. So it's, it's again, it's this guy who understands. I, I I have this huge tapestry that this technology offers me, and I'm just going to fill it with sounds in and out, in and about. Um, this is not a record that um, you would ever find intentionally, right? This is one of those records where people have to be like, give this record a chance. And you might not, and you might not get past, be able to get past the 80s in the subway. But I think of all the keyboard records of the 80s, of all the like, records you could put on where you're like well that's mid-80s this is the one that transcends it's the sound of its moment and is as ben said last week about let's dance this is this is capital a art here's a minute of thomas dolby's the flat earth
0: the flat earth by thomas dolby
2: playing everything all those sounds are his i think there's a guitar player um that helps him out with that uh kind of uh south african uh thing um which by the way predates paul simon's graceland by a year um but i just love like he's a killer singer these uh on all those sounds like that boom like it's all in time. Once you listen to the song three or four times, it it works as a part. It's not just like it sounds like noise the first time. Then you realize he's got it in the groove. It's insane. a really challenging record. There's a song in ten eight on side two um, where the only percussion is the sound of crickets. Um, I mean, it's you know, it's it's an art record, and I but I really respect that this guy rather than try to become like an 80s pop icon took this moment ran with it made the record of his life and it killed his career i mean it just this record came out it sold one tenth of the last one the record company cut his promotional budget in in half for the third record uh and he went he just walked away he was like well screw it then and he became a producer and he became an engineer um where's he now he's at Well, funnily enough, he's in Baltimore, Maryland these days, or he was for a while. My friend uh, Mike was in a poker game with him a couple of times, but uh, he is uh, he continues to make music every once in a while. He does solo shows now where he he does all these songs and he's programmed all the stuff and he's playing live, but he's got all these things going on behind him. I saw Thomas Dolby live at the 930 Club in 1988. He had a full eight piece live band and he did all all the best songs from his first three records without any uh, backing tracks, without any uh, um, tapes. They were unbelievably great. And it was like a club that hold like 300 people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They just tore the roof down. But it just, you know, this record uh, pushed him into the fringes of pop culture. But this record endures in ways that most stuff from the 80s don't. Um, I love this record. I recommend it unreservedly. And it's my it's my total left field bizarro pick for 1984. Awesome. And
1: I'm just going to keep cutting Ben's mic
2: so he doesn't weigh in at all. No, no, go, buddy, go. (laughs) I'm set. I've teed him up. Everything (laughs) Ben hates about the 80s is embodied by this guy. And I still think this record's fantastic. I will mute myself. (laughs) He
1: should
0: turn off his sound. Oh, wait, he really is muted. He really is. (laughs) Oh, no, I didn't (laughs) mute myself. Uh, Anyhow. (laughs) I thought it was going to be a Minutemen thing, right? But yeah, I guess you chose them last time, and that that would not yeah. have pleased India. This at least is like more melodic, so that'll please her. Um, I just can't. I, and this one, bless Jeff's heart, I gave it a try. Did you? I listened to this, but I did not listen through the cricket song. But that there were crickets for me after the first song. It's like, oh, this <laughs> is not working much. out for me at all. And this will hurt Jeff's feelings, but I'm with the freaking record company. When he turns this album in, they're like it's not she blinded me the geography like hello <laughs> mcfly wake up like we asked you to do uh-huh. one thing it's not hard <laughs> like how many more of those could he have put out she blinded me the taxonomy spot? yeah, yeah. Hey. i mean oh, dude, yeah, i know there's a lot of things that are blinding you know what i mean
2: <laughs> he could have been like not the weird the- al yankovic of the 80s in some way like just parodying himself and like you're totally right but yeah uh,
0: Um, I I can't get over any of those sounds. I don't like those sounds. Do you, um,
1: is this in David Gray's neighborhood? Like British guy working on sounds by himself,
0: putting out the album he wants? No, because Ben couldn't stand that either. No, that one at least was the genre I like. Keyboard, I mean, (laughs) believe me, six minute art keyboard record. I'm like, hey, (laughs) wow. Yeah, okay. (laughs) All of these things I don't like
2: no i know it's like it's it's almost like i i pulled everything out of a blend like everything ben hates and put it in a blender and it was like you should drink this <laughs> he said i don't no. i don't have any illusions that i'm winning ben over but maybe some of our fair listeners well, who are, uh... i am gonna give it a try i have
1: never listened to the flat earth um i would love to have met thomas dolby in a in a poker game i think that would be hilarious apparently um... he's
2: not to be trifled with yeah he oh yeah he's okay
1: yeah Um, All right. Well, good stuff. Listeners, you can uh, come at us on Twitter about our picks and see what you think of uh, the Flat Earth. Ben Barton, it is over to you.
0: So um, I'm going to tell a story of discovery and then loss and then rediscovery. So in 1984, you mentioned, it's my sophomore year in high school. And it's like, Remember last year, literally last year, my favorite album was a fix album. So my musical taste was a little Which, spotty.
2: By the way, like, little have you spotty. listened to that, that those records? There's some, there's some noises on that shit oh, as for well. for sure. Okay.
0: For sure. Music tastes a little spotty. My musical taste is starting to get better. My taste in movies is starting to get better. Like it's not, I would be strong to call me like a Brooklyn hipster, but I'm like coming around a little bit in this year the movie and the soundtrack stopped making sense come out. And I had not been a talking heads person. I basically like, first of all, they came out when I was little. Um, But second, even speaking in tongues, I was like, nah, you know, it's okay. This album and this movie blew my mind how good it was. So the band takes three years off before speaking in tongues. And they've already put out a live album, which I'm sure Jeff likes that I just don't care for it. It's a double live album and it's not their best material. The, the single album version of Stop Making Sense is the world's greatest, greatest hits record. It's so much better than their greatest hits record because it doesn't include any stuff that came after this album. It's fantastic. And the reason <laughs> why it's, it's fantastic is pretty clear. Um, so. Um, it's Jonathan Demme is the director and he's like got a really weird career up until now he starts out in the I think it's Harvey Corman, he starts out in the Corman school where he's like creating these um, <laughs> just creating these movies one after another bang 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 through the 70s so, like these exploitation movies with no budget at all then he does two or three art movies including one that gets some buzz in 1980 and he gets to be buddies with David Byrne and the Talking Heads guys so he's like, we should do a concert movie, but not a regular concert movie. And they're like, yes, that's what we should do. And he's like, no one will give us money to do this. And they're like, no one has to give us money. We'll, we'll front the money for the movie. So they put wow. a million and a half bucks of their own money. I think they do, I don't know, it's like four or five straight nights at the Hollywood Bowl. And they let Demi record it. And it's awesome. For a non-commercial band and a super weird and artsy band, they choose an artsy director, but you can tell they don't want to screw up. Like it's an amazing performance and a beautiful visual performance and just spectacular all the way along. They only choose good songs, except for the one Tom Tom Club song, which maybe Jeff likes, but I hated the Tom Tom Club and that song sucks. Um, Other than that, it's every good song they have period. And I mean, it's like, and I, I would imagine that if you saw Talking Heads during this period, and the previous live record reflects this, that wasn't what their shows were like. I'm sure they were like, well, we play some weird stuff to annoy you because we're the Talking Heads. But for the movie, they were like, nope. Just nothing, one banger after another, and amazing rearranged spectacular versions of it. Comes out in Psycho Killer by himself with a drum machine. The rest of the band slowly joins him on stage. It's just absolutely incredible. I didn't like this record. I love this record. This will be, I guess, I can't remember if I did ACDC, but this will be the first time that I'm choosing a record from the year where that was my favorite record of that year. I wore this record out. And I'm super sad to report, the very next year, they put out an awful piece of crap that I hated. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And it
0: broke my heart to the point where, and I can be a small and vengeful person where I was like, not only do I not like Little Creatures, I don't like them. Like I don't even like <laughs> Stop Making Sense anymore. Little Creatures is this hideous keyboard record that sounds like crap, and the songs are bad. And now I'm just out on this band altogether. So that's the loss that I suffered. I just lost this band. Period. I go for a long time. I hadn't listened to Stop Making Sense since 1985. I mean, you couldn't. You would hear it at parties or whatever. But sure. I mean, I I completely eliminated. I never bought the CD. Like I just had the single record. I'm reading to my daughters. Okay, so first, I think I pre. I, hopefully, I previously mentioned this. Like, uh, if and when you have children small enough to sit still for you to read, read to them. It's the greatest. I can't recommend yep. it highly enough. Not only is it like an amazing bonding thing for me personally, and I'll be super curious as other teachers if you agree with this. Such good professional training, like if you're gonna do any public speaking at all, read the children. They, especially like a two-year-old, they don't have no politeness at all.
1: They're yeah, like, you they'll suck let,
0: at this, I'm out. They'll let you have it. <laughs> but they're actively bored right in front of you. You can't do it. Like, so you gotta do the, like you gotta get the cadence to it right. You gotta get the voices right. Like if you can't entertain a kid reading Dr. Seuss, do it until you can. Like it's a skill, and practice helps with this skill. So I freaking loved it. Any chance, any, and still, like if I'm visiting with my nieces or nephews or whatever, any kid will stand still in front of me. I'm like, like let's get this book out. Let's do this thing. Anyhow, can, can I just get... add
2: a caveat? Yeah, Choose please. your Dr. Seuss wisely. Oh, yeah. If, yeah, yeah. If, That's fair. if you're good at it, you will find yourself reading Bartholomew and the Oobleck every night, and that takes almost an hour to get through, <laughs> and you will fall asleep. Like three quarters of the way through the book. Yeah, I
0: thought you were going to do the Mulberry Street thing, which just got the unfortunate stereotypes. In no, no, no. I, you know, whatever. Yeah.
2: But then Scrambled Egg Super is also like a good 47 minute event. Like oh, some, of, yeah. some of those Dr. Seuss, like he no. just keeps collecting eggs for like 70 pages. <laughs>
0: so we're in the really, really beautiful period where we're transitioning out of picture books and moving into chapter books. And again, I just strongly recommend that period. So fun. Um, my personal favorite one of those was Watership Down like that one just crushed the girls and I love that book oh fantastic Angry Rabbits Attacking Each Other Can't Do Better Um, (laughs) but this particular book and this is funny I've recommended other people in their mileage will vary so this may just be a Ben Barton like sentimental favorite but it's Kate DiCamillo's um, oh Mercy miraculous journey of Edward Tulane so okay. Edward Tulane is about a clay a really pretty clay bunny and he has a has an owner who loves him but he doesn't appreciate her and then he gets sold, and then it takes him on this travel through these various different settings with him where a lot of bad things happen to him and he gets broken and his life kind of gets messed up and I'm gonna like I'm starting to get choked up oh it ends where he gets repaired and then he gets given back through like a thrift shop to his original owner and like the last page like he's learned this lesson a beautiful lesson about life and he's gone home so I'm just sitting there with my daughters and I'm like like just all choked up I've, I'm actually crying and they're like they're like oh that's, that's so and first of all it's just lovely to have daughters they're so nice it's so nice to me they're like oh it's so, like look at this so cute dad's dad's crying like what like what what, what is it and just From the deep recesses of my mind for no reason at all, I just say, home, it's where you want to be, but I guess I'm already there. (laughs) And it just like just broke me like I'm just (laughs) sobbing because the book is about this story and that song somehow so perfectly captures this moment where it's like. The place you live with the people you love is your home, but it takes a while for you to recognize that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you sort of have to accept that and understand that. And then when you do, it's just so overwhelming. Um, Went back, re-listened to Stop Making Sense. Couldn't put it down. I love that song. I love the performance of the song. I love the movie. Stop
2: Making Sense, The Talking Heads whole uh
0: this will be the place naïve melody right that's what it's called that's the action wave movement yep Jeff, I've got a weird trivia question for you. What are the three best-selling Talking Heads albums in order?
2: Ooh, uh, I'm going to guess Little Creatures is number one. I'm going to guess that Speaking in Tongues is number two. And uh, I might put this one at number three. But I'm afraid it's True Stories, which will really break my heart. No,
0: no. True Stories is like 650,000 650, copies. And you got it right, but you got the order wrong. Stop making sense is the best-selling them.
2: How about that? Right.
0: 2.6 million. And then Little Little Creatures is just behind it at 2.5. And then um, Speaking of Tongues just behind it at 2.3. And the thing that really – I was really surprised by that. Because first, I thought that um, Little Creatures sold like a jillion. Like yeah, you would think. Like God, it was in
2: inescapable on the radio for yeah. a year. Yeah. Um,
0: and I also thought like I had this story in my head about them selling out and how how painful it was for me and what a pain in the ass it was. But it's actually like it's kind of the opposite. It's like they put out this really really commercial record
2: that <laughs> didn't sell. And
0: it didn't outsell their best album. It's just a <laughs> little bit weird. That's good in that way for sure. That is um, so interesting. But yeah, no, again, of the various reasons to choose a live album, this hits all of the sweet spots. It's every good song they ever wrote, period. It's amazing versions of every good song they ever wrote, period, including like reorganized, rearranged, super interesting takes on it and the way they put it to, like the actual set list when you watch the whole movie it's like it's weirdly powerful how they layer it you know what i mean like it, it's not like a typical concert where it's just like they, they play a great song at the beginning a couple of songs in the middle and then a couple yeah. of great songs at the end like it's thematic all the way through it and then the music and then the filming of it like everything about it just comes together into this amazing artistic statement yeah it's great
2: totally agree um, I do love that other live record, especially the second disc, which has, of course, the, the Adrian Ballou version of Talking Heads, which I talked into the ground the last time we did this exercise. This is a great band. Here's a trivia question. The three background singers on uh, in the Stop Making Sense band right. gra- graduated to this tour from what other gigantic tour that ended in 1984?
0: You're the best man, tell us, I love this.
2: They were the backing singers that went on tour with the police on the synchronicity tour. do nice. McDonald and her ah. friends. Same, same set of uh, singers. Oh, that's um, awesome. I saw this movie with, with uh, a young Ben Barton. Do you remember when we went and saw this together? I
0: do not, we saw we it like, went at the Retro House?
2: At the Tiburon Art House Theater. They were doing nice. a one night only and we went and saw it and they had an original 16 millimeter print and they turned it up incredibly loud. It was so great. It's the only time I've ever seen it on the big screen.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: The only other movie we saw at that theater together was Bad Lieutenant. Oh, I remember
0: that one (laughs) well too.
2: Where (laughs) When we bought the tickets, the guy was like, just so I'm clear, there's no refunds. We were like, what? He's like, if you walk out after five minutes and ask for your money back, I can't give it to you. (laughs) I remember returning to you. I'm like, this is such a sign that we are throwing our money away. You're like, no, no, Harvey up. It'll be good. It'll be good. No, I thought uh, it was great.
0: When, we left. Tough. Jeff was disgusted. It's a disgusting, super ultraviolet movie. And I was like, what are you talking about? The name is Bad Lieutenant. Was he good?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> told us, told us exactly was, what it was. It
2: really was the best, best named movie of that year. If it had been called a really bad, naked, you know, nun raping lieutenant, then we really would have had all the information we needed in the title so I love-, I love it i love this record i love this band uh, talking heads is is you know talking Heads studio records are frequently make the top four or five lists of 80s records but ben is 100 right like this band this band's two live records are its best two records i prefer the name of this band is talking heads and stop making sense to everything else in their catalog and it's not even close what a great live band and what a shame that they cannot get along and and uh get back together and play these songs live again. It's such a bummer. Like yeah. If there's any 80s band that I would pay a lot of money to see do this all again live, it would be these guys. It would be really fun.
1: That, that song, Home, uh, I, I remember Jeff Simons. It became my favorite Talking Heads song uh, because of your rock and roll class. Because when I was oh, no, visiting I mean? you one time, I went... And I believe it was a young Matt Jaffe. It was a
2: young Matt playing, Jaffe singing this song.
1: Playing that song in your class up on the upper campus there. And I was like, oh, this is a great song. And who is this kid? This kid, he's going places. That's what I said yeah. at the time. He's a talking heads fanatic. Nice yeah, job. Matt Jaffe, yeah. um, all right. Well, good work by both of you. Fascinating choices. I did not choose Born in the USA. I did not choose uh, Purple Rain. I did not choose like a virgin and 14 year old Tim Plain is going to be very disappointed in me that I did not choose the go-go's
2: talk show. Um, which has one, at least one fantastic song on it. The song head over heels is so good and turn to you. Is I think it's a great song with a young Bob Lowe so, in the video. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Head over no, heels I, is a fantastic, fantastic song from talk I, show.
1: I have, uh, I have aged. And now uh, an album I'm much more likely to put on over the Go-Go's is Sade's Diamond Life.
0: Oh, Timmy, yes. I mean, I
1: love Sade. And it's like the older I get, the more I love Sade. And um, Jeff Simons, if you could just play a little bit for me of, gosh, such a hard call. Um, Let's go with Hang On To Your Love.
0: Diamond Life by Charday.
2: think shade where do we fall i have, I have two immediate thoughts Go. my first thought is this is what's playing in every bar james bond walks into like it's just this sound like this is the sound of like him playing baccarat you know what i mean <laughs> in zanzibar <laughs> whatever, okay Whatever that is my second is childish gambino hosted snl last year and he did a fake 80s music video where he was like breaking up with his girlfriend into two because she cheated on him, so he shoved all her jewelry up his ass. And this is exactly <laughs> what the backing track of that skit sounds like. Like, oh yeah, girl, I followed you and all your jewelry is right up my ass. <laughs> so I had that hand in my head. What oh, is wrong man. with you? That is not I prefer my favorite Chardonnay song is the sweetest Taboo because it has all that crazy um uh, percussion in the background. I just love that song, but there's uh,
0: I, I mean, smooth operators on this record, too. And yeah, yeah. operators yeah. like that's the coast, to coast.
2: Yeah, I can't right. believe you didn't choose
0: that one. What about uh, Your Love is King? That one's a banger, too. Yeah, yeah. this one make and Jeff may disagree. This one makes me super happy, Timmy. I'm, I'm, i yeah. I
2: just don't, you know, I what? would not I just choose don't...
0: this like it's not a strong, it's not a, it's not a wall to wall banger record. I'll just be frank. I have actually, I like Sade. So I've gone back and listened to it. um, And there are not nine good songs on this record. That being said, the good songs are amazing. And I'm just going to go ahead and be frank. Just a little something for the ladies out there. (laughs) Tim Plain is a sexy motherfucker. That's right. (laughs) I said it. He's slinky. He's slinky. He likes to keep it on the down low with no the slow beat. He gets in the groove, ladies. You know what I'm saying? Well, that is There's all Gath- no we have time for. Gath- a minute No, man. no, 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 he's no. Literally, his favorite album is by the Minute Men. And he's like, these songs are a minute long and real fast. I'm just going to say... Tim plane is a sexy motherfucker. He likes all say, of these songs are
2: five minutes long. That's Tim's jam. 50 years of music
1: with 50 wait, old wait, wait, white wait. guys.
2: Ben is so right. There is no record in your record collection that more telegraphs to your loved one, what you have in mind than putting Chardonnay on. There's no moment when you put Chardonnay on and you're going to do the dishes or like, you need to talk, you need to balance the checkbook. Like, you if you hear Charday come out of someone's phone the it is an invitation it is like <laughs> oh, so kids are asleep so uh you know i folded all the laundry it is unquestionably the signal record in your ipod all beginning right. middle and end i'll tell you what yes, it is
1: it is 3 30 in the afternoon on a sunday i'm gonna go upstairs from the basement and ask Alexa to play Day, and I'll just start doing the dishes, and we're going to see what you happens. Better have,
2: you better have a large pizza to send the kids outside to eat if you're going to do that, because it is going to be on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> I was
1: so disturbed when you said you better have a large pizza, because I wasn't sure what role that would play in your world. All right. That's, Gotta post go. Minute,
2: that's, that's what happens post-Minutemen in my house. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, readers, listeners, friends, Romans countrymen, if you can hear a really discernible difference between the clip I played from the Flat Earth and the clip we played from this must be the place besides Ben's decision that the songs are different, then I'm, I'm I will acquiesce. But man, did those songs sound eerily similar to me for about 25 seconds. I just want to point out
0: there it is a keyboard heavy thing. That's fair. Okay.
2: All right. Um, Wait. Hold on. Hold on. Oh well,
0: Oh, what's the name of it? oh it's, uh, Stainless by the Game, featuring Anderson Pack, Timmy. Okay. Oh, yeah. The chorus is... 2 a.m. riding along, listening to a Sade song. You're just going to really dig it. And it's got that whole Sade groove. You'll be into it. All right. It's actually
2: really good. I forgot
1: about that. All right. That uh, I will check it out. Hey, uh, we haven't done homework in a while, so I'm going to give you a quick homework assignment because uh, Nina's... Oh, because co- quit- Nina's and coming I just after have me. endless free time. Yeah, right? well, there's that, but also <laughs> Nina's coming after me. So to spice it up, the host is giving you homework. We did guitarist, we did bassist, we did best drummer, we did all that in the first season. We never got to best lyricist. So I mm-hmm. want your top three favorite all-time lyricists for our next podcast, 1985.
2: Got Billy it? That one. That's good. Yeah, Billy right. Joel, Neil Diamond, and I'll think about the third one. <laughs> <laughs> the eagles all right i will talk to you later that was fun friends well we'll see done. you next week bye. Bye. bye
1: hey if you're having as much fun as we are leave us a review on iTunes give us a rating on Spotify iheart radio wherever you listen to podcasts give us a shout And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys.
0: Electric acid.